0: Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. Sustainable Stories is here to bring you the stories behind sustainability in our communities. From big to small, practical to theoretical, we're exploring the people and projects that are working to make our world a more sustainable, equitable, and healthy place to live. Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. My name is Jenna Inglot and I will be your host for today's episode. I'm really looking forward to chatting today with a wonderful friend and colleague of mine, Jordan Burnoff. Jordan is a senior associate at Medicine Rope Strategies and I've also been following along her recent work with uh, Pemmican Lodge and Jordan and I really got connected Um I don't know, probably two or three years ago, both doing lots of work uh, in community renewable energy and community energy planning and energy efficiency. So welcome, Jordan. Thanks for being here today. Hi, thank you so much, Jenna. And
1: I'm so excited to have this conversation, such an important conversation and and really interesting work that you're doing. So I'm excited to, to catch up.
0: Thanks. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, to chat with you and, and share your story because I find it inspiring all the stuff that you're doing. So um, just to start us off, Jordan, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you do, where you're from? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so... Jordan Burnoff
1: Nisihgaisen. I am Cree. My name is Jordan Burnoff. That's what I I just said. Um, Nisihgaisen means that's my name. Um, I am Cree. I grew up in the Métis community of Isla Cross, which is about let's say four and a half hours northwest of Saskatoon. Um, and so that's like you mentioned Pemmican Lodge. Uh, I'm working with with my family, my sister and dad and brothers and and my sister's partner and yeah we've been working on building that and we'll be launching soon and in, in the spring and about may may long and that's one of the things that i do um yeah i mentioned i'm from the community of isla cross and i guess i'm uh, a member of black Lake, so i'm first nation um and I guess among the other, <laughs> the many other uh, hats that I wear, I work with Medicine Rope Strategies. So I'm kind of back and forth between Saskatoon and Isla Cross. Um, you know, kind of pre-COVID, I was uh, more permanently in Saskatoon, working in an office on the daily, and you know that whole uh, nine to five grind in the concrete <laughs> jungle <laughs> but COVID hit and now I'm I, I escaped to my my family's cabin and you know you you might have seen my wood chopping video <laughs> there was like a few months where I couldn't not go to a meeting and people would bring that up so I yeah I had the really incredible privilege of escaping back to the bush for for a few months and, and working from there where yeah, I was working. I'm well, I have been working with medicine rope strategies for a number of years and I'm a, a consultant um, otherwise known as a, a senior associate. So we do a number of different things. I, I work on, you know, um, without without saying too much about it. I work on some projects with oil and gas but on the side of working for communities, you know if these projects are going to happen, how do we meaningfully and and um, actively engage indigenous communities in that work? Um, you know enough of the of the uh, box checking <laughs> inclusion so to speak, that a lot of companies get to uh, get away with with some of that work. So I work in, in that space a little bit. And then on the other side of it, um, you know, we've really I've started to introduce, introduce a lot more uh, clean energy work into into our company and, and that whole avenue. Um, I spend a lot of time working on a on a software called Element Housing. So it's an ad, asset management software. And that's kind of like where my, my heart and my attention is lately. And, and that's kind of where the work in sustainability and I guess more, in more detail, uh, energy efficiency and, and housing comes in. So I, I uh, was a 2020 catalyst with Indigenous Clean Energy's energy leadership program, Indigenous Energy Leadership Program. Um, that Oh man, that was in 2019. The world has just like flown by, time has flown by. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's where my energy work started, but I was a catalyst. Um, and then out of that, one of the projects that I I pitched through that was an energy efficiency project. And so I'm doing that with my community. So it's called bringing it home. Um, and then, Yeah, I'm on the advisory council with Indigenous Clean Energy, and I'm also co-chair of 7Gen, which is an Indigenous Youth Council, and we do things um, people may have heard. If you haven't, you've got to Google it, search it up, but um, 7Gen, it's the Indigenous Youth Summit, and um, the previous one was in Calgary, and I've managed to swing people to Saskatchewan, so once COVID blows over, um, we'll be having that in. Saskatoon so that's pretty exciting but yeah that's kind of the the gist of of what I've been up to um and I guess on the side of that is just some podcasting and and yeah different different media projects
0: nice that's awesome yeah Jordan what like what don't you do (laughs) Um, that's such a large list of things that you're engaged in. That's incredible. And um, I also feel like you do a really good job of staying balanced. At least, you know, I, I keep in touch with you through social media. And, um, you know, throughout the winter, I'd see, yeah, videos of you chopping wood or, you know, doing things with your family at the lodge. So I just thought, yeah, you're you're doing a great job of all, all of the above. So that's awesome. Um, actually, I was listening to a presentation Um, I don't know when that was sometime last week. And Nathan K was talking about seven gen and sort of where you guys are at. And, yeah, looking to plan what the when the future because I know you were originally planning on having the next youth summit was supposed to be in 2020, right? And then things got shifted and potentially are going to get shifted here again. So um, anyways, I'll make sure in the show notes of this episode to share with folks um, some links to, you know, Indigenous Clean Energy and 7Gen and, and other groups that that you're connected with. So I'll make sure to do that. Um But I'm so curious, can you tell me a little bit more about pemmican lodge like you talked a little bit about like the cultural programming, um, and it being a place where people can come and stay like, yeah, I'm just so curious, like for personal reasons, but also for others to know like, you know what what you guys are doing there and how, how people, you know, could potentially get involved so
1: yeah definitely. Um, I love to to chat about it. and there was just a recent video that um, the Northwest Communities there was a tourism conference. We made a little a little uh, I think it's like a ten minute short uh, video just on kind of what it is. So that's that's also a, a good little reference um, goes into a little bit more detail. Um, but Pemmican Lodge, the name actually comes from my mushroom, so my late grandpa um he was kind of you know he's a pretty special guy to all of us in our family and uh me and my sister were like hey what are we going to call it like you know there was like the eaglesness and like all these little names we had and then we were like okay Mushum, what do you think he's like pimehkan like pemmican otherwise known as pemmican <laughs> more popularly known but pimehkan is like the the Cree pronunciation and i think um yeah, I guess people more commonly understand uh, pemmican, but it's like that berry and moose meat and lard uh blend. And so we're like that's kind of cool, you know? Like a few different components and what we're doing is like a good mix of things and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> the pemmican is, right? So um that's where the name comes from, but I guess backgrounder, my dad has been an outfitter for the past like 20 33 closer to 30 years. Oh man. I'm getting old. I just turned 30. So pretty much my my entire life he's been outfitting. He's had uh bear and moose camps and fishing camps and like you name it, you know. That guy's like a OG bushman. <laughs> and so uh <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, he was just like, we should, you know, we should start doing this. And me and my sister have always kind of had this dream of, you know, having a little lodge and a place for people to come and and enjoy themselves. And, you know, on the on the selfish side of being like, oh, oh this would be so cool. This would be like, you know, our job is just to, to be here. <laughs> and so we've we've made that dream come true, I think. And we'll be launching in uh, May, May long, like I said um but yeah like the nature of it is and it and it does very much so like the title of your podcast is to do with sustainability right so um kind of the foundation of what we do is to truly understand the relationship that that people have with the land and why that's important right and um mm-hmm. i mentioned my mushroom and and my cookum. there's actually a sign at the lodge um and it says a uh, uh, blueberry management area. And this is where my cookum actually used to run the blueberry patch. And so they would come and like clear these areas and like make it kind of like the perfect little ecosystem for blueberries to grow. Right. Because you need like a low bush and and yeah, a big field kind of thing. And yeah. And so my cookum used to to do that. And, you know, I grew up um we'd go out and harvest birch water and, you know, go set snares. I remember my cook and my mushroom had this like old Astro van (laughs) and we'd go cruise out to these bush trails and go set snares. And yeah. And so, you know, we wanted people to, to be able to experience what that's like and, so, you know, the accommodations is is one thing that we offer, but more importantly it's like that experience of of truly understanding, yeah, why why that relationship is so important and and kind of being able to for families to be able to build those memories themselves, but I guess on the on the other side of it, the professional side is, you know, encouraging companies to to use this as a place where you know, you can do some team building, you can learn about, you know, like we like I work at Medicine Rope Strategies and some of the work that we do is around governance and and uh, professional development and and that kind of work. So, you know, when you're when you're doing that kind of um, work from like, you know, escaping from a corporate setting, being out into the bush, that's kind of, you know, where that team building and and that kind of stuff really can really flourish. So being able to provide those opportunities are important to us as well. Um, where my heart lies, and what I really want to do is exactly kind of, um, you know, some of the things that we get pretty lit up talking about Jenna is <laughs> like the little energy nerd that we are. Um, but being able to offer people um, energy education, energy literacy, right. And mm-hmm. not only from the the view of like Western science and Western worldview, which, you know, is very important and we need that, but also um, is from this idea of conservation from an indigenous lens, right? Like at the very foundation of indigenous culture lies that, that reciprocity, that relationship to the land, to nature, um, Mm -hmm. to the elements. And so, being able to explain and understand energy, sustainability, conservation from from that point of view is very important mm-hmm. to me. And I, I want to be able to to get people out and, you know, learning on the yeah. land.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's something, you know, I've said a few times in, in the past couple of, of episodes of, of our podcast is this uh, in reality like this term sustainability is is inherently Indigenous like it's not something that is new you know what I mean it's something settler folks have put a term to it um, but otherwise it's it's not new it's definitely not new to Indigenous people and cultures and so um, yeah like giving people that opportunity to to be very like present in that space and And I know from, from my experience too, like we're just so much more human when we're in the bush or when we're out, you know what I mean? When we're out doing those things. So like you say, giving people the opportunity to be, to be out there and whether it's from like a team building perspective or, or educational or an opportunity for, for, um, you know, non-Indigenous folks to experience that and, and, um, yeah, can open up kind of a world of, of different perspective and understanding for people. So that's, yeah, it's really, really neat that that's the angle that you've taken. And obviously, I love the energy, energy literacy stuff. I think that's, that's huge. Like we're trying to tackle this problem from like a build more renewable energy. Um, But you know, the base of it, if we don't tackle energy efficiency, and, and, you know, housing that that is built well and things that are designed for people um, and for people to like fit into their their surroundings and environment um, that's got to start with people just like understanding energy and so I feel like it's always really exciting and sexy to talk about renewables but like there's this whole other foundation of, of focus that is really needed so Um, yeah so that's really cool that that's kind of all a part of of what you're doing at pemmican lodge that's awesome definitely thank you and so I'm curious about um curious about like your sort of your story Jordan and like how you got into all this work that you're doing like was it kind of you've talked a lot about like your your mushroom and your Kukum and I'm like, I'm curious about like, you know, how you ended up working in energy and like how you ended up working for medicine rope strategies and like, what was sort of the, the line or the path, which I know is never linear, um, that led you to some of the work that you're doing? <laughs>
1: oh, man. Um, well, my, if you look at my resume, it's a little bit, it's a little bit funny. It's kind of how my brain works, too. <laughs> it's kind of like, whoop. which way, which, you know, keeps it very interesting. Um, But I guess my first real professional career pathway was in like, I studied psychology in university. Right. So um, I, I just, I guess just like a natural progression. I went into cognitive disabilities and I worked as a consultant in that, that area. And then I was like, Nope, hard change. I wanted to be, you know, on the other side, talking to people, um, and then I went into recruitment for a college and started like, a, a cultural group with this college. And then, you know, I got to work more with elders. I got to work more with youth and I was like, man, you know, I want to be out in the bush. I want to be on the land. Like this is, just, this is, this is not working for me either, you know? So I needed another career change. And then I came to, um, medicine rope strategies. um, And, you know, just just change, change of change of scenery, I guess. And then meanwhile, planning with with my dad and brother, we were like, hey, let's get into solar like, this is so interesting. It's new. It's like, it's very exciting. This was probably like four years ago. And probably where we've kind of like first met was like, very first discussions were probably three years ago we me and my brother and dad kind of like you know we're just like bullshitting back and forth for a while <laughs> excuse my language um but you know shooting these ideas back and forth for a while and didn't really know where to go with it but we knew we wanted to get involved in, in clean energy and and you know like I said like we're all kind of people people of the land for lack of, of better terms I guess but um So that's kind of where that started, which led me to, I actually found on Instagram, I think I got an ad for an Indigenous Youth Energy Summit. And this was 7Gen. And it was created by uh, a few of my friends, Disa and and Corey, who I think you might've met before, possibly, Mm -hmm. or heard them speak. Um, And so they started um, 7Gen. I attended and I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, this is my thing. And I just loved it. And I love the people that I was surrounded by. And I love their visions. And I love the way you know, I love their energy, which is like, no pun intended. But um, I mean, pun intended, maybe. (laughs) And, and then at the end of this summit, we had an opportunity to pitch ideas for energy projects. And, During the summit, I was included in um, a little bit of an engagement session, which I didn't realize it until after it was done. (laughs) Well, halfway through, let's say there's about 14 companies, right? All these sponsors of this summit. And they pulled me and five other people, five other youth who like all the other five youth were, were male. And then there was me. They were like, okay, we're going to speak with indigenous youth. We're going to like mine their brain. And I was like, halfway through, I'm like, "Hey, wait a second here. You little dirty, little box checkers. What are you doing? <laughs> and I just said, you know, I'm not cool with this. Like, seriously, this is just like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. You know, this happens far too often. What are you doing with this information? Do I have access to it? Do all these youth here have access to it? and, and, You know, are you going to actually, you know, make some meaningful change to to bring like equitable opportunities to Indigenous youth with this information? Also, what a horrendous misrepresentation of Indigenous youth! One woman, like three Cree people, and the rest, like there was no Inuit youth, there was no people from the east coast, no none from the far, or yeah, there was BC. Anyways, just misrepresentation, and it was like we are speaking with Indigenous youth. I was like, you're not doing this properly, and I don't appreciate, (laughs) you know, and without being too hard on them, like people, I guess we can give them the outs of saying they don't know, you know, but there is better process. And so that's kind of what I pitched. I just said, you know, there needs to be meaningful engagement done and real work that needs to come out of these engagements communities are sick of being researched. Communities are sick of being, you know, not actually no real benefit coming out of this kind of work. And then, you know, it's like, Or even access right. to
0: the information, right? Like you were saying, like that, no real definitely. benefit and not even knowing like, well, they asked us the best like, bunch of questions and haven't seen them around in 10 years. Like, whatever happened to yeah. that or where did it go? Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Exploitation of, of, uh, intellectual property essentially. Right. So I wasn't feeling that <laughs> and I voiced that. And then I had a, a friend who's now like a very dear friend of mine. I didn't know her like at all, but at that, at that time, but she came and it was like really quick, like everyone's changing, changing tables and trying to like go to different groups. And she just runs by and she, she's like you need to apply for the catalyst program that was awesome let's talk and she gives me her card and she's like I gotta go to another table <laughs> and I was like okay nice to meet you <laughs> and it was actually Erin Stewart who is just oh man I don't have enough good things to say about her like she's it's yes. brilliant so then I applied to the catalyst program. I got in, I was one of the, one of two, there was two of us from Saskatchewan that year. Um, and we were the first from Saskatchewan and it was the fourth year of the catalyst program. And yeah, it's just been like a whirlwind of, of really deep learning in the, I guess, clean energy sector and yeah, it's been amazing. I've, I've loved it. So that's where my, my journey started
0: in this, in this, in this realm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome thanks for sharing Jordan yeah it's so interesting yeah. you, you've you said like so many familiar names and it's just I feel that so strongly like there's days where for sure I have stressful days or you know I'm we all do like there's challenges of course but um in general I've always felt like being within this renewable energy sort of community scale community energy space um yeah, there's like such a, and it, I feel like in Saskatchewan really probably since you were a catalyst, I feel like that was really the time frame where, um, you know, we've sort of built almost like slowly starts to build up this community of folks who are, are working in that space. And yeah, I feel like it's growing and the energy, as you said, is, is really positive and, and I feel really supported by those folks. And so anyways, I'm glad, um, yeah, I'm glad you're in the space too. And, and I'm glad there's like more and more work being done and we'll get there. It's slow, but also, yeah, we got We got to start somewhere. Um, and yeah, thank you for sharing that story about the, about, you know, that the Indigenous youth engagement piece and sort of having to be that, um, you know, unfortunately having to be because I feel like we're at this stage where companies should know this. Um, but, you know, being that person who who calls out or calls in and brings people and says like, hey, this is not this is not right. This is not going to fly. And here's some suggestions. And in fact, if if you really want to do this right, like, Let's you know you need to sponsor some some work and get some active um you know people actively involved in this. So anyways, that's um, yeah, thank you for sharing that story. That's awesome. Yeah
1: And what I will say furthermore, to that point, um, <laughs> you know, there was some really good stuff that actually came out of that. um and and i've I've bared witness to this as I'm like applying for different different um, pools of funding for my projects is you know, actually seeing some of the the things that came out of that engage, those engagement sessions and then more engagement sessions coming out of that to, you know, actively engage youth, but also companies on, like, what are the barriers to working with Indigenous youth? So that, that was a really cool one to see. Um, so NRCan actually did a really good job of, you know, taking what we said and actually making change to some government programs, which I know is, like... <laughs> You know, next to impossible to do in, in a yeah. wow. manner. So that wow. was really exciting. We were like, you yeah, we have a voice and people are listening. <laughs> so it was
0: good. Yeah. Government made changes and I'm still alive. This is amazing. In my lifetime, we
1: There's still so much more that needs to be changed, though, and I will hold people accountable. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. I hear you. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. There's days where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, did that just happen in my lifetime? But sort of sarcastically, because I'm like, these things don't need to take this long to change, but they totally do. And it can be so discouraging and disheartening. But um, again, super grateful that, you know, there's lots of folks working in this space. And I feel like everybody's pretty good at keeping each other motivated, which is lovely. So, um. The other thing I wanted to chat with you about so the last question that I had originally shared with you i'm I'm kind of wanting to like shift that a little bit because um, I know like your work also I, I know like you work a bit with like um, like Sask Aboriginal track and field and and that kind of work so like I'm curious and you you probably have a lot to say about this but like um, you know how you Look at or how you do inspiring or 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 sort of motivating and helping to like foster this opportunity or these opportunities for like future up and coming youth and and sort of what are some things that you're doing in that space? Because I know, yeah, I know you're doing lots.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, and thanks for mentioning SASK ATF. Um, we've kind of been on a little standstill since COVID, which like you know breaks our heart, but. People got to be safe, I guess. But um, yeah, I actually I started I helped kind of lead Sask ATF at the beginning of its inception. Um, I think it was slowly it's got a slow start just a year before I started. And then my mentor, Derek Rope, he pulled in uh, about five or six youth. And then he was like, "Okay, (laughs) this is actually such a funny story. But we were at the White Buff. In Saskatoon, White Buff Youth Lodge. And he's like, Kate, I'm gonna go grab you guys some lunch. You're gonna work on a logo. We're gonna brand this thing and I'll be back. And I want you guys to have a logo. (laughs) And we're like, we were all in at the North American Indigenous Games, right? That's how we all knew each other and we hadn't seen each other like it was July when we were gone to the games. He asked a, a few of us from the team, do you want to be a part of this tracking field program? So Sask is Saskatchewan Aboriginal tracking field. And then uh, so there was a number of us that that joined, and then we were, yeah, he brought us back together in Saskatoon and we were like, oh my God, everybody's back together. So we're all catching up and just, you know, not really working. <laughs> we're like 16 years old, right? And then he comes back and he's like, guys what the heck like you didn't come up with anything and you know one of us goes and draws like a little stick man <laughs> and then the running. other one of the other guys goes and, yeah a little running man and then one of the other guys goes and puts on a little a little feather and we're like and then we all burst out laughing and we're like that's actually such a cool logo like I would put that on a shirt and wear that like and it actually ended up being so cool but it was just so funny. He was just like, God. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then after that year, um, ATF, like we had an annual track meet and, and, you know, just tried to pull in more youth and behind the scenes we were doing work to like apply for funding, apply for grants for, for these programs. And then there was funding that was allocated to like the provincial sport governing body to in- involve more indigenous youth. And so we we're like, actually, we're an Indigenous organization. And, you know, that funding should go to an Indigenous organization to be able to determine how that should be used on our kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, you're totally, totally correct. We're not going to impose and put programs in place that, you know, we think would work for Indigenous community when they're not an Indigenous entity. So that was like a really interesting kind of real conversation that we had to have with one of the, you know, the big players in the game. And so being a young person, like I said, I was like 16, 17, 18, and those kind of years was when, you know, we really started to make some, some big movement with that group, um, But just seeing, you know, what all that work that happens behind the scenes was just incredible for me. It was just like a a huge learning curve, but also like, man, people spend a lot of time and energy and really actually give a shit, you know? And I was like, Mm -hmm. I was just a student, I mean, an athlete at NAG, and I was like, man, like – how much people have sacrificed for me to like be here and to like have this new family of people. And I just, you know, in a lot of ways, like I'm, I'm a pretty like privileged kid, I guess, like compared to other kids that I I grew up with, but you know, I'm, I'm indigenous and I'm a, I'm a young woman. And in a lot of ways, the world is, is just not built for someone like me. Right. And so, um, you know, I have had a lot of things that were a little bit tougher for me to be involved and, you know, barriers I had to face. And so I was like, you know what, I am going to do what I can within my power to change that for other young girls and, and young kids. And, and so I stuck with this track program and, and, you know, just kind of paid it forward. I had coaches that you know, took me to to different places that I didn't ever kind of dream of. And I wanted to provide that opportunity for other kids. And so I've done that through, you know, just through like being a role model and trying to like, you know, show other other kids, other youth what's possible. Um, and then you get kind of caught in that world of like, oh man, am I, you know, is there like the the uh ethical egoism that that some people have especially in the world of social media and where we exist now and in this like virtual world of like I'm gonna do good so my name gets like thrown around you know and so there's those kinds of things that also like you know people face but um I always try to share you know the message and um try to involve people, you know, if, if there's opportunities that I'm like, hey, can I like bring someone along? Or can I, you know, can this person go instead of me, those kinds of things is kind of where I'm at now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just kind of providing equitable opportunities, I guess, and doing the work behind the scenes. And I think that's something that I think my mentors and, and some of my colleagues and people I work with You know, don't get enough credit, but I don't think that credit is ever required by them. Mm -hmm. Um, people just do that work because they see the actual benefit to community. And we understand like there are some serious struggles that indigenous kids face just by being born with brown skin or being born in a certain part of the world, you know, and it's like, man, if there's anything we can do within our power, like let's let's do that. So that's kind of yeah that's where where I'm at and why my my heart's so so deeply connected to that work
0: yeah that's amazing thank you for sharing that it's something I see you know I see you sharing often and I think you know uh, some might say like maybe not connected to sustainability but I think it is like how we interact and how we connect with with our community and with young people and like building healthy like sustainability is building healthy communities and how we do that is so so broad and so diverse and um and i mean i i i didn't i grew up rarely i'm not indigenous and i didn't grow up in an indigenous community um you know but i think about the people in in my hometown that like if they hadn't been that mentor to me or hadn't, you know, even just like sometimes just like a one line thing that was said to me when I was so young and so struggling that that really, really changed the whole course of my life. Like, and that's not an understatement you know like those things for for young people being that person um when when someone needs it is so it's such a big thing like being there when they need it and you know like you said bringing people along and and getting people out and and being that role model I think um again maybe not the most it's, it's not the resume work it's the but it's the meaningful work so yeah yeah
1: Definitely. And I really appreciate. um, Yeah, that question. And especially like that, that appreciation for that understanding, right? That's always like something that we have to justify in our work when we're trying to find funding, you know, we're a nonprofit. um, And it's like sport impacts so much. You want healthy people in your communities to do healthy, meaningful work. You start here, you start with kids and you give a shit about kids, and you mm-hmm. make them feel like they matter. And that's important. Like, that's where it yeah. begins.
0: Yeah. And then you think about, like, even, like, um, volu- like volunteerism, and and giving back, and, and even kind of that entrepreneurial spirit, like, people in the past, like, describe certain people as having, like, an entrepreneurial spirit. And I think about that term, and I'm like, if you live in a community of you know, my my hometown was like 350 or 400 people. Like the entrepreneur, that's not a thing. People just like programs wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the people who have never gotten paid for anything, rarely get thanked for anything, but they're always the people like giving it their all to make sure that there's those programs exist. And so, but again, yeah, it's not the stuff that people really, um, yeah, you're always struggling to get funding and you're always pushing for those things, but it's like, those are the, those are the programs and communities that really, yeah, without them, it's like, I don't know, like, it's so, it's so such an important part of community. Definitely. And I feel like
1: I'm still kind of, You know, like that experience alone as well, it really helps with work and clean energy because it's the same thing. We're trying to provide an equitable route for people to get involved in this work. Like capitalism rules the system, right? Oil and gas run the show and we need to change that narrative and people need to like, like clean energy. Those are our, our indigenous youth right there. Those are our kids, you know, like same, same kind of concept different different elements, obviously. But you know, that's where we need to like start shifting our attention to is that, you know, there's not enough funding, there's not enough jobs, there's not enough people that pay attention to it. Because like, like you said, like solar and those kinds of things, those are like, the sexy, cool things. But then there's all of the things that already exist in community, like we have carpenters we have electricians we have you know all of these different roles and like teachers and and you know all these different respects that already exist and people need to start shifting their idea of what it is to educate and how we share this information moving forward right because Mm -hmm. just like just like sport like energy impacts communities at every friggin' level and you know people are slowly starting to recognize that and yeah it's it starts with conservation and sustainability so Mm -hmm. that's kind Mm -hmm. of I I like to be on the like proactive end of things I've been on the the reactive end in my career and it's it's chaos for me and and it like it's hard work I commend Mm -hmm. people on that end but like I'm on the end of like, okay, (laughs) here's something invisible that you can't necessarily see or feel or like, you know, takes a lot of work to try and understand. But this is why it's important. And it doesn't matter what your job is in the community, it impacts you. You go home and you turn off your light, you turn up your heat when you're cold, it impacts you. Like, and you're totally
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um, I love that and also like the way you <laughs> described it, like you talked about you're maybe you're a uh, you're a carpenter, you're an electrician, you're a teacher like just this diversity of things um and this is so true for like across sort of this sustainability realm um but in the energy sector, I feel like folks and, and young people too. And, and I have these conversations so often because people will be like, well, what did you go to school for to be working in renewable energy? I'm like, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter what you went to school for because we need people from all different areas to focus on this thing. Like we, we can't, it's not something, it's just not something that's going to happen with these you know, conversations happening in silos, everybody is is a part of this. And so even that educational piece of like bringing people along and understanding and being able to see themselves within making that change. It's so important. Totally. 100% agree. It's,
1: it's exciting. And when people start to see themselves fitting into that, like you said, like, then they light up, you know, and it's just like, you know you you want to be a part of something that doesn't harm nature like i look at and oh man i said something really rude one time i still think about this pretty often but i was just like so i was kind of angry i was like come on dude i said this to a friend he commented on a page and was like oh yeah i love oil and gas blah 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 i don't care about the environment and he's like good friend right and i was like yeah you just had a son hey and you like to hunt do you want that to continue or does it end with you? Because that's the route you're going when you're supporting things that are not renewable and damaging our earth. (laughs) I went off and then he was like, deleted his comment and was like, you're, you know what, you're right. And I appreciate like bringing me back to reality on that. And, and not that it needs to be like, (laughs) I, I had a little, aggression with that comment because I was like no I will not have like the little oil and gas like supporters on my page slurring things that are not true you know and but it's so real it's like you know that's not at the top of everybody's minds and especially as like northerners like all of my friends, they love to like be out on their sleds. They love to be out in the bush. They love to be hunting and fishing. And I'm like, man, like I know you think I'm such a geek for like my work and energy, but it's, it's real. It's like, these messages need to like, you know, be taken to your job site. They need to be taken to your home. They need to be taken with you everywhere you go because, You know, there's a lot of companies like right now in Northern Saskatchewan, there's a lot of exploration companies coming in, right? Like, you know, like you're, you're super familiar with it all, but Cameco just, you know, sold a bunch of, of their work and let go of what 700 employees, which hugely like massive, massive impact on the Northern economy like ridiculous. Those were people that were making like $90,000 a year for their entire family. And now are, you know, made, some of them are on EI, some of them are, you know, going back to school, working different jobs. And it's like as terrible as a, <laughs> as, as, as a, I guess exploitation of the land is that as that company and, you know, that kind of work is, it's a part of the economy and it's a part of the transition right and 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 now yeah now there's more companies coming in it's not like uranium is going anywhere <laughs> it's you know and people are still wanting to do that and and i think this is like another part of of conservation and sustainability that isn't talked about enough it's you know that conversation about about land use land management and Communities actually having, you know, um, ownership in projects and understanding mm-hmm. why that's important, you know, if these projects are going to happen. But if communities don't want them, there is no argument there. Like, no, there's
0: no time yeah. for that. Mm-hmm.
1: But mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I, so much of what you said, it's interesting because I, so, you know, I grew up in Southern Saskatchewan and a lot of my family and and friends are actively you know involved in agriculture. farming is a huge part of of what people do um but it's interesting because yeah, I'll have those conversations when people are like, "Oh, like you're just a tree hugger and I think to myself, and I remember saying this as like a ten year old kid having these conversations, and here I am, you know almost thirty as well, and still having these conversations with the same people, but this idea that's like you are actually a tree hugger too because all of you, like you love, you love being outside. You love going hunting. You love being out on the lake. You love getting to swim in like clean water. Um, you love farming like hello you can't do that without like a health like healthy soil or healthy air or healthy water so I'm just like actually you are a tree hugger too and like we need to we need to like change the way that we engage with people hello, so that hello, those hippies. people yes <laughs> hello <laughs> but excuse me, I'm yeah. like you guys are a part of this and like there are things that you're doing that are really positive and like we should talk about that too but I'm like also like, all of us have things to lose by not caring about this stuff. So, um, like, I think it's important to kind of reframe that conversation around, like, you know, none of us want to lose these things at all. Like, anybody who spends time, um, you know, there's a particular lake, any lake, think of it, and if you were told, yeah, that lake is going to get completely ruined because it's going to be turned into a tailings pond, uh, you'd probably have something to say about it, even if you support that industry because now it's in your backyard and it's your fish and your hunting grounds and your boating areas like I think that's really hard to argue with when when people are able to put themselves within that situation so yeah we'll get there it's just more annoying conversations from people like you and me <laughs> great I love it I live for it <laughs> yeah, I look for it too. Anyways, Jordan, this has been awesome. Um, I just wanted to give you uh, a chance if there's anything else that you, you'd you like to share or direct people. I um, I know you mentioned as well the, the video about um, Pemmican Lodge. You and I can chat after this episode, but I'll make sure to share all that stuff. But um, yeah, if there's anything else you'd like to share. Um I'm actually working on a
1: podcast like I mentioned I've I've done some some podcasting and some media stuff I did uh Honoring Her Spark with Aboriginal Friendship Centers and that was on uh, MMIWG 2S plus um more uh, indigenous women's barriers and and kind of some solutions and talking a bit about that so I've done that podcast and when COVID kind of first kicked in, I was helping uh, the One Five Five and Northern Group on on some of their uh, messaging out to communities, and so that's kind of where my podcasting journey started. Um, and then went with the AFCS, and but now I'm I'm uh, still working a little bit with both of those companies. Um, but I wanted to do something where you know i i keep apologizing cuz i keep saying the s word
0: <laughs>
1: and you know i wanted to have my own space where i can really share freely and openly about you know the things that that interest me and and yeah you know some and and more so focused around energy and environment um and so I started conceptualizing, you know, and, and for the past year, I've been practicing, like I, I mentioned, um, with different podcasts and different guests, friends of friends of mine, friends of friends. Um, but I've come up with a brand and I'm going to be launching probably next month, um, hopefully by mid month. Um, and it's called Nusumih. And that means in the bush. So the kind of like the opposite side of that is like um, which means to be like in the city. So kind of like out of your element. Think of it that way. Okay. And so I really like that concept and that that way of thinking. Plus, like, I'm always in the bush. <laughs> um, so I, I, I use that name and people are like, oh, nobody's going to know how to spell that. And I'm like, well, they'll learn. <laughs> it's OK. You'll learn. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. I've yeah, so I've started to lay that out a bit. Um lining up guests right now. And so that'll be launched next month. And it actually landed a partnership with David Suzuki Foundation on that. So I'm so excited. So oh, <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so pumped. It. It's been like, you know, dream like goals. So that should be exciting and interesting partnership. And, and, uh, yeah I'm really excited to see you know some of the people that they can connect me with as well and and um the reach that you know northerners, people that you know are from my community or surrounding communities with with a platform like that where where those conversations can really go and and how that can impact the north I'm, I'm so excited and oh, i'll send amazing. I'll send you more information when when it's more laid out, which will be in the next few
0: weeks, but yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, yes, super stoked about that. Congratulations. That's amazing, Jordan. Um, But yes, I will make sure to link and share and yeah, share all all the stuff about that as well. So yeah, really exciting. Thank you so much, Jordan, for taking the time to be a guest on the podcast. I have so enjoyed chatting with you as I always do. And yeah, thank you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah,
1: if people... Want to chat more or learn more, whatever, feel free to reach out or find me on
0: on socials. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sustainable Stories podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Jenna Inglot, as well as Roxanne Wagner from Sage Sustainable Solutions Consulting. For a full list of episodes, as well as more information about Sage, check us out online at sagesustainable.com. And as always, we welcome your feedback, thoughts and suggestions. Catch you next time.